1: Welcome to the podcast, Rick Roberts here. Hope you're doing well wherever you're at, doing whatever it is you're doing. Hey, today I've got a good friend of mine, Chester Goad, on the podcast. Chester is a uh, multi-talented guy. He's an actor, does a podcast, and also does comedy. And I kind of met him through a podcast conference many years ago. We talk about that. And we talk about how he's gotten into comedy, found his own opportunities. And we dig in a little bit to what you put into your website when you're first starting out and how you kind of curate your own content to show people you're funny on and off the stage. So it's a great listen. I think you're going to like Chester a lot. Uh, You can find him online at G. Dot com and learn more about him if you want to look at his website as you're listening to the episode. did want to say thanks to our Patreon sponsor for this episode. It's Bill Conger. Bill, hope you're doing well, and thanks for continuing to sponsor the podcast. And a shout-out to our newest member of the Club 52 Patreon support team. It is Mark Staggs. Mark, uh, looking forward to learning more about you and maybe catching you on one of these upcoming Zoom calls, which we will have very soon. Keep an eye out if you're a Club 52 member for our zoom quarterly hangout which will be a a big time hangout we're going to get a lot of stuff done on this one because i think uh we're overdue and i want to make it up to everybody that is in club 52 so if you've hung on this long you'll get a bonus reward on this upcoming club 52 hangout more on that in the email Uh, right now though let's get into this episode with chester goad I'm here with Chester Goat, I hope. Are you there?
0: (laughs) I'm here. I'm here. Uh, Can you hear me, Rick? Can you hear me over there?
1: I hear you, and I see the signal bouncing. And uh, Chester was kind enough to join me for a second time on the podcast. The first one, uh, the red dot was blinking. It said recording. And then when I went to get it off of the cloud, it wasn't there. So I'm saving it to my local computer this time, and hopefully Zoom uh, works great. And if not, Chester can come over here and beat me. And just say, That's enough of my time, dude. <laughs> Third for- time's a charm, right? Yeah, we have to do it in person if it doesn't work this time, which is also fine. But hopefully, we get it down. And uh, I guess they won't hear this if it does if it's not going. So there you go.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, man, thanks again for carving out some time. Uh, you know. We did talk the last time, which was not recorded, um, just kind of about your your comedy journey, where you're coming at it from.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, in a nutshell, I, I met Chester, I want to say, when we did the big podcast conference at, yes. at Third Coast with David Hooper. Yep. And so that would have been a few years ago. And uh, he was like kind of kicking the tires on a bunch of different things. And in the back of his head, he was thinking about doing some stand up. And then, boom, here we are however many years yeah. later, just a handful. And Chester does um, hosting
0: yes.
1: a, a venue. So tell first tell us about how you got that opportunity. Because a, a lot of comics say, where do I start if I don't have any experience? You were in that same boat and we mm-hmm. talked about it and you found a place that was just right.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the, one of the nuggets of wisdom of yours, Rick had been, you know, if you're not able to find opportunities, you need to, you need to kind of make opportunities and you need to even have to look at your local community. And so that's what I did was I um, there's a venue uh, in the town where I live. Uh, it's actually called Grinder House Coffee. And they're um, they're primarily, you know, it's a coffee shop by day and it's a music venue at night. They have ticketed events and they have some great artists come through there. People from like American Idol, The Voice and people from the Grand Ole Opry. I mean, there's just a big variety of people, indie artists and so forth. And uh, so, um, you know, hearing you in the back of my mind as I was having coffee one day, I talked with um, the owners who are awesome, Asa. asa and angela at the grinder house and um i just said you know what if there was somebody that was you know hosting your events who did some comedy or you know maybe occasionally did some features and and things like that and man they were all for it they're very supportive of local artists of all kinds and so they're like anytime you want to go up uh, you go up and, and you know, we'll let you cut your teeth with your comedy performance here. And um, I'm telling you, it was great. It's It's an interesting dynamic. I think I've talked to you about this before, because when something is primarily a music venue, um, the people haven't bought tickets to a comedy event. And so, man, it was hard. I, when we say cut teeth, I really, it was, it was some difficult teething over there at the, <laughs> at the grinder house because, you know, people didn't pay for a ticket to come and laugh. And so you really have to work at it and you're happy for any laugh that you can get, you know, the one way far back in the back, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah. Any interaction at all in those types of situations is is a big victory because you've You've gained their respect and attention. And certainly they didn't expect it. I remember going into s- sports bars and they would, you know, have the ball games on, then start the open mic or the or the real comedy show where they're actually paying <laughs> comics right. right there. And and you know, sometimes they would shut down the pool table for a minute and people would get all irate and they you'd hear people racking and cracking right there when you're doing your show. Right, but when you, you were know. able to draw them in, then more people are like, well, maybe we should pay attention to this guy too. So it's a great way to cut your teeth. And you've done multiple shows there. The other great thing about oh the my God, so is – yeah. Tell them about the video setup they have.
0: Oh yeah, no they they are, have really gone all out. They were designated on Tennessee's Music and Art Pathway, which is kind of like uh, the Bluebird Cafe, and a lot of other venues are are on that. Which means you're listed as kind of it makes you more legit, I guess in the in the entertainment world as kind of one of those off the beaten path places that people need to visit or get a ticket and go see. And so they have really put a lot into they've invested a lot into that, and it's it's um. It's streamed out all over the world, um, and uh, it's it's a it's a super great venue. And I, you were talking about getting paid, you know. I, I get paid mostly there in like meals, gift certificates, coffee, you know, whatever. I mean, they, but they have been so generous and so great. And um, and I, you know, I will say if you gauge it by the people who come in and by the owners and even the other artists that come back around after a little while, um, it's been a very positive experience, you know. And and like even artists that have performed there will say, Oh, I'd love to have him, you know, come back and, you know, and be a part of that. And we've grown, we've we've built some relationships across the board, not only with the, the people who work at Grinder house, but the artists that filter through there. So that's been really nice.
1: That's great. And I would add too, if anybody's listening and thinking about doing this, you know, the key words there was, was Chester had a conversation with the owners and said, I can do this for you. It'd be great for me if I can just get some time up there. He didn't come in and go, "Man, if you got an extra hundred fifty bucks laying around, I'll, I'll open the show." and None <laughs> yeah. of that kind of stuff. You know, he knew that it was a starting point, and they knew it was a starting point, and it's mutually agreeable and, and mutually mm-hmm. beneficial. So, as because I talk to comics, I get emails every week from somebody. I've been I've done six open mics. When do I get paid for this? You know, mm-hmm. well, you'll get paid when somebody says, "Hey, this guy's worth paying." And yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And in the meantime, you're in front of. Other people, you're meeting musicians from different parts of the country, definitely yep. out-of-staters as well. So you're you're starting that word of mouth, which helps get mm-hmm. your name out there.
0: Yeah, and another local venue that I did um, um, there for a while was the Palace Theater, which is the historic theater, one of those old historic theaters. And it's a great venue. It's been uh, renovated and remodeled through the years. It is an awesome venue. And again, all sorts of artists come through there, and they do have some comedians and things, but they, they do regular open mics. And it's mostly like like variety show kind of thing where anybody y'all come anybody comes out. Um, but I really you know between Grinder House and the and the Palace Theater, just doing local venues like that, it's been uh, it's been great. And some of the hardest crowds are local folk. Do you do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I well I think if you're local and they're local, they're skeptical. Yeah, have to prove yourself. But if you're <laughs> if you're from out of town and they're local, they're like, "Well, this guy came from out of town, must be pretty good." So, <laughs> like, you're right. never a celebrity in your own town. That's right. that's definitely a, a a showbiz phrase that's been true for a long time. So, yeah, when you are, hey, this guy's from down the street you know, they're like, well, I guess I'm from down the street,
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, a lot of my comedy has come from just the local community there from where I live to some of the bits that we've worked on together, you know, some of the coaching that you've helped me with, you know, one of my, one of my favorite bits is this thrift store bit. And it's true. We got thrift stores all over the place. And I sort of play off on all that. And It's probably one of my most popular things that I do. Yeah, we got a thrift store for everybody down in Crossville. We do. We got those fancy upscale ones elite repeats you know the religious ones like second chance and eternal value the plus size women's thrift store just opened it's called three times a lady it's got it's divided in three sections once twice three times a lady that's right
1: yeah and that's the other thing that's cool about that is you know people know it's real you're not you don't have to create some bizarre stuff scenario like that, i think it's another mistake a lot of comics make when they first start is they're like i've got to find the weirdest thing to talk about ever and you know you can do that but then the punchline has to be weirder than the setup <laughs> right one of the very few people i've ever seen pull it off um rob schneider like he used to have these crazy bits about like opening a refrigerator there's a tiny elvis on the top shelf singing to him i like where do you <laughs> go from there but he found a way to go from there <laughs> but for most of us yeah talk about what you know what you see and for me, I always think it's a great thing, first, second, third joke to make a connection with the audience as early as you can, so they know that oh, this guy understands us,
0: hundred percent,
1: exactly what that thrift store bit does for. He's like, oh, this guy, he knows,
0: he's around, he knows all the places. You know, he's yes. got some
1: ideas for some other ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's kind of funny because everywhere I go and I share that, you know, I had a couple of friends who were like, do you think that'll play well other places? And I, so I got real skeptical of myself. You know, like, all right, is this going to be funny? And people relate to thrift stores. I mean, I've had people b- literally bring me clothes after a performance, you know, Hey, th- you made me think of this. I, I want to give you this, you know, so it's, that's been kind of fun.
1: Well, you start doing jokes about Jaguars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No joke. Um, well, so from the Lion uh, King. <laughs> no, <just yeah>. <laughs> John I don't know. I don't know what they're saying, uh, but um, practically speaking. So, when you're like me and you're, you're newer on the scene, what, what would you say is the best way to connect with other opportunities? Like where do you find them? I mean, is it, is it through the clubs or the venues specifically? Is it all relationship based? Is it word of mouth connections with other stand up comics? I mean, what, where does it come from?
1: Yeah. It comes a little bit from all of those. And it it comes slower than you, than you want it to always.
0: Yeah. But, But there'll be
1: a time where you look back and go, man, Look at all the things that happened. Like every, every year I look back and go, what did I not think was going to happen? And I look back and, well, I didn't, didn't know I was going to be in a movie. Didn't know I was going to do a commercial. Didn't know I was going to do this. Yeah. But those opportunities come. And same thing with when you're first starting, you know, little conversations you have off stage with people, so, you know, if you connect with them, and first off, if you, if you just don't talk about yourself, but you ask them about themselves, yeah. people, people will remember who they got to talk to and talk a lot to more than who they listen to. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I've been guilty of being the guy to talk somebody's ear off and not learned one thing about the other party. But when I've intentionally leaned in and, and asked them like, what's your comedy scene like? And what's this like? And, and how do you do that? They start, not only do they get to talk a lot, which makes them feel good and, and like an expert, but they also start to kind of reveal little secrets and, Oh yeah, we, but we you know we get this one once a month show that we do and, heck if you're ever around you ought to come and do it you know mm-hmm. and you never had to ask can i come do a comedy show in your scene? you're just asking what their scene is like yes so with all the comics you crisscross past that's one thing and then always offering up whatever you have i mean you might say hey i don't know what your schedule is but you, if you're ever out in in my neck of the woods and you want to pop in grinder house when i'm doing a set i'll give you i'll give you five of my minutes to get up there and you know, maybe I can even get the owners to give you a quick video from your set.
0: You know, oh, I think that's a great point. You know, being generous with your own time, uh, because that probably will you know come back around. I I'm really grateful for uh, like you encouraged me to do the Clean Comedy Challenge. And, um, you know, it, I, if I get anything from that, you know, the encouragement and just the experience of being around other people who are pursuing the same stuff, that's really meaningful, but, um, you know, having the opportunity and, you know, I went up there I didn't even, I didn't even make it to the finals or anything like that. And, uh, so I, you know, you kind of walk away with that and you're like, oh, I must not be nearly as funny, you know, or I can't tickle an audience or, you know, whatever. And then, but, however, Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, did you know, the owners were watching, right? Yeah. People were watching. And so like, um, you know, Dennis Tooley and Steve Rivera, they're awesome up there at Guttys and I love what they're doing. Um, to me, it's really special what they're trying to do with the venue that they have. And, um, and so I want to support them as well. And out of the blue, I get this, um, you know, message, Hey, you know, would you like to feature? And that, I mean, I mean, it really, it made, it made my day, it made my month, you know, it was, you, 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 take not hearing someone say, would you like to come as you're not funny or you're not worthy or whatever. And so when somebody does get generous with their time or whatever, it really, it gives you a lot of energy.
1: Yeah. you know, I think it's, it's smart. I think when we talked before you went up there, I said, just, just go up there and have fun yes. and meet people. And if anything else comes out of it, great. Mm -hmm. And even though the, the offer to come up and feature didn't come up like right where you're on site. Yeah. uh, I think your attitude and your likability and your cleanliness of your show, all that shown through. So when they, you know, after the event, we're like, man, who should we have come back up? Your name was right there at the top of the list. So I think that's really cool. And, and again, it puts you in an Indianapolis area, Greenwood, which is a whole different place than than you've been before. So that's absolutely more comics. You know, not everybody obviously was from, Andy that did the clean comedy challenge, but there were a few. So, you know, a few comics that live up that way now and you get to meet uh, Jeff Jenna, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. i met there's all of those other, folks. Yeah. Great comic, all of so. those. Yeah. yeah. yeah great, great, great people. Great experience. And I mean, I, I, um, I, I wouldn't take anything forward. It was, it was really cool. So, you know, taking it kind of a step further, you know, what do, like, if you are an emerging, I don't know what newbie emerging, you know, tadpole <laughs> comedian. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're brand new, how do you promote yourself? Like, the promotion side of it? I mean, people are like, yeah, well, never heard of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know?
1: you know, it's it's tricky. Um, <clears throat> there's There's obviously some things that are available now that weren't when I first started, like the Facebook mm-hmm. groups and those kinds of mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. you know, making connections that way. But, you know, the two things clubs like are comics who do what they're supposed to do. Just follow the basic rules. If you're MC and do the announcement, all those things. But if you can get anybody extra in the seats when you're an MC or a feature act, it's huge bonus points. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if we go back in time and say, okay, Chester's in Indianapolis for two nights or three nights or whatever it was when you did your feature set, you know, how can you collect some email or contact information from those people they've already seen you and when you come back mm. you can shoot them a quick email and go hey i'm coming back i got new material can't wait to see you guys and a few of those people show up you could even talk to the club about giving you a, a special code when they make reservations like
0: oh that's like, great i didn't know so that. they
1: know that hey 10 people signed up with the chester code chester got 10 people in here at whatever <laughs> the chester know, $20. Goad
0: code
1: yeah the Goad code code <laughs> So uh, Chester generated an extra 200 bucks for the club or whatever it might
0: be. Well, but, those- you know, that, that, that brings up a really good point, though, Rick, because when I was up there, um, I featured for Jay Stevens and um, he, he was he was really a lot of fun. And one of the things that he did at the end of the show, you know, he did he had merch and, you know, and all that kind of thing. But he actually had um, these little cards. They had a QR code that had one of his jokes, you know, it was attached to one of his jokes. And and then on the other side, it had his social media. And he was like, look, you don't have to buy anything from me. He's like, you know, you, you didn't necessarily come here to buy anything. I've got it if you'd like it. But if you will just take this card uh, you know, and just go like something or share it, um, on social media that, that would mean the world to me, you know? And so I was thinking, oh man, I need one of those. And then at the end of the show, there were three couples that came out. that were like, Hey, so wh- where's your stuff? Where and I'm like, uh, uh right. don't have any of that there stuff. <laughs> no, but that's a great point. And, you know,
1: he's smart to do that. And then, you know, you don't know what you know. No. So you saw that and you're like, this is something I should do. Even oh. if it just has my website and my phone number and my name on it. You know, anything else that they get to. Um, and I think there are even like sites. I can't remember the name of it, but there's it might be all my dot com or something. But you, uh-huh. it gives you basically a page. And when people scan the code or hit that URL, it just has every way to connect with you listed. in one Oh, spot. that's really
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah. So well, what did what did I do that next week, Rick? I went and got me some business cards and they're not fancy. They were cheap, but I it has my social media has the website on it, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And I also have something on it that you suggested a long time ago. I put my Venmo on there. I put my Venmo because I'm like, okay, I don't have any merch right now, but if somebody wants to, you know, tip me, if they think something's funny or they want to support me because I do clean comedy or, you know, those kind of things that I'm going to give them a, a, an opportunity to do that. I'm not, there's no pressure, but it's there, you know?
1: Yeah, one of the best. That's great because one of the best pieces of advice I ever got early on in comedy was, um, and I can't remember who gave it to me. It was a headliner. They said, "Make it easy for people to give you money." Yeah. And you know, my my first real business card that I had, oddly enough, had a little sheriff's badge on it that I bought. You know, hundreds and hundreds for ten bucks or whatever. Uh huh. So I, I took a hole puncher, punched hole in the business card, put the little deputy badge on there had my number and sold my business card after the shows for a dollar a piece.
0: No, really?
1: Yeah. cause I do my little Barney Fife impression <laughs> and then people would buy the thing? They're like, yeah, I'll buy a badge to help you out. And I'd sell yeah. 30, 50 bucks worth as an MC, you know, every uh, every weekend. So, yeah, you want to make it easier for people to give you. So Venmo, a tip jar type thing on the Venmo is great. But now you know, like, you know, I need to have something to pass off until I get my catchphrase t-shirt or whatever it might be. That Yeah, you're with.
0: yeah. It's like, when is the catchphrase going to come? You know, I'm waiting for that that thing, that one thing. It may have something to do with the thrift store. I mean, I don't know. It could have something to do with with something like that. But it could, um, You know
1: what? I'll say this just because um, I've had a conversation with somebody about a comic who makes, I think they have four or five different T-shirts with catchphrases on it from bits that don't work. They thought of the catchphrase first and went ahead and got the T-shirts made up thinking it was going to stick and it hasn't. Oh. So... You're better off wait until it's oh <laughs> super obvious that this is what people want, yeah. Then to say I'm going to do this and make sure it sticks.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. The yeah. audience will be the judge of that. Oh, that's hilarious! That's a really great point. So, in promoting yourself, like as a part of that, um, what do you do when you feel like okay, I've got good, positive content. I've had some opportunities. I feel like I've grown. I've poured myself into coaching and all the different stuff, you know, and I've, I, I feel like I'm I'm okay. You know, I just need more opportunities, but you don't have a ton of like demo reel or footage and things like that. So that's social proof. Um, I've I've heard, like I hear from some people, oh, you got to, you got to, you got to use what you have. And then I hear on the other side of people saying, you know, it needs to really, you really need to make sure that that stuff is quality footage, because if you put anything out there that's poor quality, it's just going to kill you before you ever even get started. So where do you fall on that?
1: Well, here's, here's the phrase that pays.
0: (laughs) All right. Give it to me. If
1: it's not good, if what you have is not good, people aren't going to watch it and nobody will share it. So it doesn't get, it doesn't go viral You know, it doesn't get shared because it's not that great. So, um, do put up what you have that's good, your best stuff. And as you get better stuff, either take the other stuff down or chop mm-hmm. it down to maybe get the very best little piece out of that and put that in your sizzle reel. But yeah. your longer pieces that you have on your site, you know, three to five minutes or five to 10 minutes unedited um, that are solid, that's what you want to have up there. Because when you do start applying for some of these showcases or festivals or competitions, mm-hmm the first thing to probably say is send me a 90 second clip or send me a three minute clip or send me a five. So if you have those already and you have them up on your YouTube channel or whatever, and they have 500 likes or a thousand likes, and this is a competition for beginners and they look at across the board, Chester's got, you know, a thousand people that like this video. We can't even get videos from these other six guys Well, Chester's in for sure. Chester's Mm -hmm. a little Mm -hmm. bit ahead of the game. That's a good point. Don't, you know, if it's not good, it'll be obvious after a while. Nobody shares it or whatever. And you can take it down, but and you can bounce some ideas off of me, obviously. But what yeah. what I've seen that you have, you know, your clean comedy challenge sets and some of the stuff from the Grinder House, mm-hmm. it's definitely worth putting up and getting some reaction to.
0: Okay, okay, that's 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 good to know.
1: Yeah, and I do think you want to have the longer pieces. And then if you're not comfortable putting your full 20 or 30 minutes up there or whatever your longest set is, right. you can always make it a private video. So when somebody asks you for it, you just give them the access to it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, you know just know do I mean? kind of one of those unlisted kind of things.
1: Yeah, because until YouTube, at some point, they'll probably crash and burn and everything will be deleted accidentally or something, or, <laughs> right. or they'll start saying, hey, we're storing a lot of stuff. It's 5 bucks a month, no matter who you are, whatever it is. Use it as a backup drive. You know, Have mm-hmm. it on there, make them unlisted until you need them and then put them, you know, live or
0: what have you. That's a good point. You mentioned a sizzle reel for those people out there who don't know what that is. Uh, maybe even myself, like I myself. Mean, I have an idea what a sizzle reel. I know what an acting sizzle reel is. So for is that the same thing for a comedy sizzle reel? It's just much smaller, just like a big yeah. laugh.
1: You know, most comedy club bookers will, will want to see the unedited set. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you're pitching yourself to corporate events or things outside of the comedy club, what they'll want to see is you doing jokes in a venue similar to what they're going to book you in so and I, I always recommend you know if you're if you're clean anyway you should look at doing corporate events and fundraisers and things where they want clean comics a lot of times yeah yeah but you know a sizzle reel from that would be yeah it might show you on stage at a club for 15 20 seconds till you get a big laugh or whatever and then it cuts to you in a you know, and to be honest, when you first start, it's going to be like a high school gym or a high school theater where they're doing a fundraiser and, and you're on a stage <laughs> at least. And then, but you have it from the back of the room where they see, hey, there's 300 people watching Chester do his mm-hmm. thing. And then maybe, yeah. you know, if you have those opportunities, I would set up two cameras, one a really wide shot like that, and another one, you know, waist up so that you can cut to it. So people can see, oh, he's in a venue of 300 people. And here's the joke. And you have some of those. So when people start to hire you, they're like, oh, he's done this before. He's, and you may have volunteered to be in front of those 300 right. people. Right. They don't necessarily know that. But they're yeah, seeing that's a good point. you in the space where they would put you. And yeah. then as you get better and better and bigger opportunities, you're doing ballrooms at Opryland or whatever or bigger theaters. You want to upgrade those clips and put those in there. But that whole sizzle reel would be three to five minutes. And it would just okay. show you doing your thing in multiple venues dressed the way that you, they would hire you, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, so a little bit better than a comedy club, perhaps. Yeah. But that's what they're looking at. And they're looking at five or five or six comics probably before they find one that they really like.
0: So when we're talking about what they're looking at uh, let's talk about that for just a second. Cause like, um, well, let's, let's shift around to the website then, you know, I've got chesterg.com, chesterg.com. and you said you had a chance to look at it, but in, in general, like you don't even have to refer to that, but just, um, In general, what are some do's and don'ts if you're new and emerging like I'm not Rick, Rick Roberts, Mayberry man, you know, I'm not a movie star kind of person, you know, so you've got you have a phenomenal website. I don't know who's doing that work for you, but it looks really great sharp. What do you do if you're in if you're in my shoes, though?
1: Well, you know, I did look at your site and it looks sharp. It's crisp. It's not cluttered. It has plenty of things like me. Like that's probably my biggest challenge is, man, I do a lot of different things, mm-hmm. you know, but everything comes out of communicating and stand up. That's that's right. the driver of everything. So it's a matter of, of breaking it into to searchable sections for people when they Google search. So, mm-hmm. you know, each page you have, um, you want to have in the URL for that page what they could be searching. So down the road, when you want to run ads to those pages, those sp- specific spots on your website, it looks right to Google. It's got the keywords in there that you're trying to get people to search. You're, you're not saying clean stand-up comedy and they're going to an acting page. You know. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's one thing is you want to make sure all your URL and your metadata and all that kind of stuff checks out for Google. Um, you want to make sure it loads quickly and all that stuff on mobile, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I think The You know, put yourself in maybe two or three head spaces. You know, people talk about having an avatar. Like, this is who hires me. It's a specific avatar. I hate that term (laughs) because I could show you the 100 people that booked me on my last 100 shows. And there's not much similarity between them. I mean, it it could be a college student all the way up to a 90-year-old booking me for something, Mm -hmm. to a TV executive. There's not really one specific. You're the specific thing they're looking for. You know, you'll find commonalities down the road, but you want to think about what if somebody lands on my website, what is their first question? And so for for mine, it is, what exactly does he do? Because mm-hmm. they, if they landed on my old website, they saw too many things. They're like, I don't know if this guy's a serious speaker or a comedian. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to make it very clear on the landing page what I do and then point them, here's the three things I mainly do. And so you've done that on your website with your your tabs to kind of give an the exact thing. Mm-hmm. um another thing you might do and that i'm i'm thinking of doing is just having a welcome video that plays it's less than a minute that loads quickly oh yeah um, you know and i've seen comics do this before and i think i may have done it on an earlier website where it's just hey it's rick roberts thanks for visiting the website i do several things i act i do stand-up comedy mm. and i do motivational speaking so here's where you go for that this and that but it all comes from a place of thought so if you're looking for a fun speaker if you're looking for an engaging actor if you're looking for a you know stand-up comic that's going to keep it clean that's me so just so they understand quickly the answer to that main question
0: yeah and 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 you're the one clarifying it for them so that that's that's kind of a cool i like that well i think yeah because there's definitely the
1: assumption and i think it's a true one that people need to know like and trust you before they buy something from you right or or hire you for a comedy show so your your show is the thing they're buying Mm -hmm. So if you've already helped them out, they just land on your website and you've already said, hey, welcome. You've already made contact a little bit. They see your face. They hear the way you're talking. They see your demeanor. You know, they can connect with that quicker than just an image on a page.
0: Right. Yeah, true. True. The other
1: thing I'll say about your website is every page in the footer should have a contact form. There should be a a continuous contact form. So no matter what page they land on, there's always an opportunity for them to put their information in. It might not be a full-blown contact form. It might be just, hey, you know, to get Chester to respond to your inquiry, type this in here and just give him a couple of quick things.
0: That's a good word. On every page, make sure they have an opportunity to
1: do that. Yeah, because, right? you know, it's just the statistics that I saw when I had my re- website redone is that people might click two pages and then they're gone. And, they, you yep. know, an average person who just stumbles on your website, if they spend a minute, it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. So if, if they spend a minute and they can't figure out how to contact you, then you've lost. So you, mm-hmm. you want, you know, very clearly your email and your phone number on every page, but then a way for them to give you more information about what they're searching for on the bottom. And then, it, mm-hmm. then also I would have a dedicated contact tab yes. so that if they look at just a the tab, they know exactly and go there. And it's a little bit more information they might put in the, the size of the audience I put in. I ask them what their budget range is. Will you cover travel costs? So it, it makes them think about that. Um, what, and what? And then there's a, for me it's a drop down I menu, and you should probably have one too. Are, are you looking for a comedy show? Are you looking for a host? Are you looking for an mm. acting or a commercial actor or a movie? Yeah. Just so they they feel like okay, he knows who I am. I'm, I'm one of these people. They just have, if they click other three times, they're probably like this guy has. He never wants to connect with me. But if, <laughs> right. if they're on there, it's
0: a right. better chance. Yeah man, I know that you've been traveling all over the place. I'm, I'm so, I, I'm just so proud of you. Like, I, I, I'm glad that we connected several years ago, but you know um, I talk, I've been talking about, you know, kind of how I feel like I've you know, been trying to grow through all this, but watching you really uh, is really in- inspirational and encouraging Rick. I'm really, I'm really proud. Anytime people who are committed to clean t- content are, are are getting opportunities and getting promoted and stuff. That's uh, that's really, really cool.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And, and same back to you. Like when I see people, you know, I get quite a few emails from people. Hey, man, can I set up a coaching call? And I, I just fired back with one one email. Like, you know, where are you at in your comedy career? And they never even responded to that. Yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm glad we didn't set up the coaching call because they don't know what they're talking about yet, you know. <laughs> right, but, yeah. but you've taken every opportunity that's been offered and created the ones that weren't sitting there. And so I'm always extra excited to work with anybody who's going after it and it it's it really helps that I like your comedy. Like I I definitely can coach people if their comedy is solid, but maybe it's not my cup of tea. But I can help them make it better. But it's it's fun when we sit there and laugh as we're coming up with stuff.
0: Oh, it's yeah, I, I really enjoy that a lot. I mean, you give knowledgeable sound advice, but we have a good time doing it too. So that's it that's always goes
1: by really nice fast. Advice.
0: Yeah, it really does. Hey, I got to tell you, uh, I know we probably wrap up, but I got to tell you. uh, So this weekend, my wife was out of town and my son was working and I was just bored. And so I was literally I I, I hear in the back of my mind, you and another guy saying, you know, you go out and find those opportunities, you know, create whatever you got to do. And uh, I was driving down the road and I saw these big signs that said Bigfoot Fest, Bigfoot Fest, nine to four. So, okay, I literally drove over to Walmart bought a selfie stick. Okay. And, um, drove over to Bigfoot Fest, got a ticket and I recorded, I interviewed people. I was just like, I had like at my own show, I did it like food network or TLC, you know, whatever. I had an absolute blast. It's amazing when you're walking around and you just, you know, you look like, you know what you're doing and you're holding the recorder, you know, that people will open up and start sharing things. I can't wait to have a writing session with you on some of the stuff from Bigfoot Fest.
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> that is great, man. And, you know, I mean, I'm already thinking, you know, does Bigfoot know what time he's supposed to show up between nine and four and just different things, you know? Uh, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> but yeah, there are a ton of Sasquatches there, too. I got to say, I love to say that word, too, Sasquatch. <laughs> it's
1: a great word. You know,
0: that's hilarious. Yeah,
1: I, I, I can't wait to work on that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And it's fun, too. I mean, you're right. Why not break out the phone and do some recording and and that's one thing I wanted to say earlier when, when you were talking about what if you don't have a lot of video of you on stage yeah. you off stage being funny is just as useful sometimes early on so people can see your personality mm. certainly for your acting stuff if they see yes. you being interactive with somebody and you're you know you're coming off the top of your head with questions and the way you follow up they know it's spur of the moment. Then I think if I was looking at somebody for an acting job, I'm like, oh, this guy's he's on the ball, man. He's thinking on his feet. I could use this guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, in my case, I was honest. I truly was just bored. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go see what happens. So I've i have been editing it. I'm going to I'm going to uh, like put it up on YouTube or something. It's going to be all about Bigfoot Fest. That's cool.
1: Well, man, Chester, thanks for joining us. And if they want to go check out your website again, it's, it's ChesterG.com, correct? That's it. Yep. So you can see who I was just talking to here for the podcast and make sure when you're on there, uh, if he's got an email list, subscribe to it. If he's yes. got some socials, like and uh, follow Chester so you can see what he's up to.
0: Hey, Rick, thank you so much. I appreciate you. We'll chat soon. All right. Thanks, sir. Catch you later. See ya. Bye.
1: Hope you enjoyed that episode with Chester Goad. Very uh, fun guy. And I think you want to check out his website. It's Chester G. Dot com to learn more about his acting and his stand-up comedy. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again to Bill Conger for being our Patreon sponsor for this episode. And again, welcome to Mark Stags for joining the Club 52 Patreon support team. Keep an eye out in your email. The next couple of days, you'll see an invitation to a quarterly Zoom hangout where we're going to tackle some top topics and big news and whatever challenges you have as a new or established performer. That's coming up very soon. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. <laughs> Stay funny.
0: Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcast, you can-